Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 19 of your favorite podcast about all things elite. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson. With me today is my co-host, the great one, Amy. How are you doing, Amy? I am doing wonderful, and I am so excited about our show today. We have so much to look forward to. So happy to be here. I remember when I first started this show, and it was, you know, how are we going to figure out all of stuff to talk about weeks when they're not doing a weekly show? Now, I can honestly say AEW hits it out of the park with that because they have news every week. I never have to worry about having the stuff to talk about. Only thing I worry about is making sure I hit on everything. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, I remember us talking about that and going, okay, so the weekly show, when that hits up, we'll have, of course, plenty of content. And then, you know, when they have their big shows. But, yeah, you're right. Every single week they've got their road to shows. They've got news in Being the Elite that they're dropping. Or somebody ends up on a podcast somewhere. And then you've got lots of great gems of information from that. They're really just on fire with constantly staying in the news cycle with interesting things to hear from all elite wrestling yes when you see uh, you've seen the whiteboard and the chalkboard i think on the whiteboard that we can't see their number one thing is stay relevant because literally either daily or bi-daily i don't remember the last time i went two days without some kind of news from all elite wrestling yeah, and that's very smart, especially when you consider that a lot of the buildup and hype for All Elite Wrestling has been from social media and that sort of cycle of news and those cycles of discussion and um, you know people going around to their friends and talking, hey, did you hear about this? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So having that relevancy is really important and really great because there's always something new to hear coming out of AEW. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I hand it over to Amy to drive this show, just want to uh, start the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 uh, of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get your first month free. There you go. All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about on our show today, but I want to start with um, some big news from this last week, which was all out, selling out in 15 minutes. And that's just the 15 minutes that it took for registrations to finish <laughs> on the website. That is crazy. So all in sold out, I think, in, what was it, 29 minutes last year? Yes. And then we had the pre-sales for Double or Nothing sell out in about 18 minutes. And then everything that was left over sold out in four minutes when it hit general sales. And having all out sell out in 15 minutes is huge. It's like they keep chipping away at their previous records. And it's really showing how strong the fan base is and the excitement that they're driving with All Elite Wrestling where they're putting out these big shows. And they build up this can't-miss-it feeling where people have to be there. They know it's going to be a great experience. And it it really is great and refreshing to see that so many of these shows with All In, Double or Nothing, and Now All Out feel like must-see experiences, something that feels like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing, but yet they just keep happening. I think that's awesome. I, I absolutely agree. All, uh, all Out is, uh, AEW is cool. It is the can't miss ticket. It is even if you're not wrestling fan, it's like if you can say you were at an ADW event, that's a big deal. Every fan I know, I know guys that have become jaded on going to shows. They were in the ticketing queue. Uh, Dave Meltzer at Rowan Point reported over a hundred thousand people in the ticketing queue trying to get tickets. And you have to imagine if you're in the queue, most people aren't going to those things by themselves. So there, we're at least looking at two to four tickets per person in the queue. I know there were multiple, you know, multiple computers. Maybe there's a few bots in there. But as far as I knew, there were real people trying to get tickets. Oh, absolutely. And I do know that there were quite a few people who had multiple tabs open so that they could try to get tickets. And it wasn't necessarily something that was, um, you know, inflating numbers so much as it was a desperate attempt to get tickets because this is such a hot commodity. And I remember how I felt when we tried to get tickets for All In and we waited on the website for the Sears Center and we saw the page that said, you know, you're in your place in line, you're in your holding queue, do not refresh or you'll lose your place. So we stayed there and we held out hope for almost an hour well after it sold out. I mean, having different tabs open is kind of a survival method of making sure you can get tickets. Um, I will also say that having the StarCast um, promotion also doing bundles with their StarCast bracelets and their tickets was really useful because that's how we ended up getting tickets for All Out for ourselves. And that is and how I ended up getting tickets also. 
Well, see, there you go. So we'll see each other at StarCast again, too. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we tried. We had three different tabs open. My husband, I think he was at 9,000, 25,000, and 78,000 place in line. And it was just no dice. So having options to get those tickets is a great idea. But it was really just refreshing to see that sort of be a consistent thing with AEW to have that demand so high and the buzz so high and the excitement so high that if you do end up getting tickets, it feels like you lucked into something amazing. And then when you get to go and experience that, you also feel like you're experiencing something that feels like this once in a lifetime thing. But yet for everybody else who's watching at home who weren't able to get tickets, it also feels like this wonderful community celebration of an incredible experience together. So I love that that seems to be a consistent thing happening with AEW. And I'm really curious to see if that continues after you know this year, if we're going to still see things like this next year. And I think, honestly, if they keep putting on big shows that feel like they're legendary, that we probably will. Absolutely. I I mean, I can't agree more because when it comes down to it, when you have this type of need, it also, you know, AEW is very happy to sell out tickets, but it puts pressure on them to keep showing up, keep hitting home runs. I'm not saying they wouldn't do it anyway, but the fact that they know people believe in their product so much that some people are staying home you know, on multiple computers, calling people that don't even like AEW and saying, hey, could you jump on the computer just to try to get a better spot? I had two computers on. My friend Ryan had two computers on. Neither one of us got tickets. Ryan actually had tickets in the cart and, you know, went to purchase them and it refreshed and it took the tickets away. And it was like, oh, my God. He's like, it was like a piece of his heart fell out. And yeah, it was a great, it was a great thing. It's an event. The ticket on sale has become as much of an event as the actual show. Absolutely. And it's, it's really cool to see. I'm so excited to see that kind of buzz in the air around just ticket sales. I mean, it feels like uh, you know, like a concert or something that rarely tours and they come to the United States and they sell out in minutes. You know, it's it's this really great feeling of excitement around these shows. And I think you're right when you say that it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of one up themselves. And I think that's probably a great segue into the next um, topic that we have here, because there's somebody else who is also very much thinking about how they're going to top each show. And that's Tony Khan. Now, Tony Khan, as you know, was on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. And one of the things that stood out in that entire discussion was that he was talking about Double or Nothing and how great of a show Double or Nothing was. How, you know, the sellout of Double or Nothing, how the excitement and the energy around Double or Nothing and the fact that they really just rocketed themselves into the stratosphere with their first show, hitting all the marks with great wrestling, with new talent, with great surprises with John Moxley, with incredibly emotional moments, like with Cody and Dustin, with Bret Hart coming out. Like there were so many parts of Double or Nothing that made it such a legendary show. And yet he's already thinking about how to top that for something like All Out. And 
often a lot of people will say that they want to make each experience better than the last. And it kind of feels a little bit like lip service or even how do you do that? Almost like an impossible dream. But listening to Tony Khan talk on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, you really get the feeling that everybody involved with All Elite Wrestling is sitting in a back room working really hard in figuring out what key moments they can hit, what key matches they can hit, and how they can really curate an experience that leaves fans feeling like they just saw the best show of their life. And I think it's really, really great to follow a promotion where you really feel like they care so much about not only the product that they're delivering and the company that they're building and the shows and the expectations and everything else that goes along with it, but that they're also so thoughtful and methodic about the experience that the fans have and wanting to curate a moment and a show and an experience for them each and every time. Yeah, I have always had this thought with wrestlers. I mean, I love wrestling. I love wrestlers in general. But you do get this gimme, gimme, gimme all your money type of feel from them sometimes. And the fact that Cody and uh, Cody acknowledges, and, and it comes mostly from Cody. Cody, when I hear them acknowledge, he's like, I'm trying to get you to part with your money. So I'm going to make sure you're getting a value for it. And that is a statement that he says repeatedly. And it's like, it's great to know that they think about that. Absolutely. And I think part of that goes, and maybe this goes back to this for them. It certainly does for me. When I go back to watch, you know, some of the older wrestling from like the 80s and the 90s, there is a, I hate to use the word carny aspect, but that's the only one that I can really think of where it is that give me your money. Okay, great. We've taken your money. Now just sit back and enjoy whatever we have here. Yeah. You were <laughs> like, we got your money. You get what you get. And and I think, I mean, honestly, with the other companies, uh, that's sometimes what you got. It's like, I, I, I am a huge fan of New Japan, and G1 sold out. I mean, not G1, uh, the New York show sold out really, really quickly, right? And a lot of people thought they were going to uh, just rest on their loyals. They already got our money, and we were going to get an average show, but they went out and, you know, gave us a home run. And you know what? I before we even knew really what the card was was going to be in the G1 in Dallas, I bought tickets that first day. What I'm showing by doing that is that if you if you take care of me, I am going to believe in you. And now we're getting an amazing show for the New Japan G1 in Dallas. I mean, I know it's not a New Japan show, but I'm just saying it's just an example of even outside of AEW when you show up, when you deliver a good product, it builds loyalty. I don't know anyone that doesn't didn't enjoy All In. I don't know anyone that didn't enjoy Double or Nothing. And because of that, they go out and they tell their friends, and it builds a bigger buzz for the next show. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's it's not only is it really important for business strategy, because it is a hugely important factor in business. I mean, we have a situation where, especially with social media, we feel connected to wrestlers. We feel connected to promotions. 
We are able to talk about things more. We're able to learn things about the business and about the wrestlers. And for better or worse, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it causes some bickerments online. But for better or worse, we're a lot more connected to these promotions. And because of that, I think there's a great trade-off that happens where companies who are making good decisions are building shows around something that feels like the fans are getting what they love. Something that's great, something that's enticing, something that's exciting, something that's fun that brings them coming back. Because you're right, we buy tickets for shows like New Japan or AEW because we know that the show is going to be awesome. Even before we have the card out, we know it's going to be awesome. You know, for the New Japan example, we had. Okada in a championship match where he won the title back, which was huge for New Japan. They didn't have to give us that. They didn't have to. They already had our money. They didn't have to give us that match. I mean, we got we got Taven winning the ROH title. They didn't have to give us that. You know, they literally already had our money, but they went out of their way to still entertain us and to make us that make it that can't miss moment where we're telling our friends. Man, the energy in that building when Okada comes out and he sticks his arm out and, you know, and the money falls down. You need to be there for that. That is not something, a feeling you get at home, you know. And that's the same way with Cody Cody hitting uh, uh, Cody hitting the throne. It was like, that's not something I am going to be able to describe to you. The roar and the feeling and the buzz that was there the rest of the night from that one moment. You need to be there for that. Exactly. And I think that's the great thing about when I imagine, um, you know, Tony and Cody and Brandy and everybody in those rooms figuring out what key moments that they want to highlight in matches. You know that there's an emotional moment that that they want to hit. You know that there's a surprise that they want to hit. You know that they want to have a moment that's visually surprising or stunning or exciting like the throne. You know, there's always something that hits these beats on a show. And I really respect that kind of planning into a wrestling promotion because I know that the amount of money that I am spending to travel to these shows, to pay for flights, to pay for hotels, to pay for tickets is going to something where somebody is putting that much investment back into my enjoyment of it. And that is something I will absolutely respect 150% forever. So I loved hearing Tony Khan talking about kind of the inner machinations of what his thoughts were with Double or Nothing, what their thoughts are with going forward with Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen and All Out. Hearing those key beats that he talks about was something really exciting to hear. Yeah, another thing I got out of the show is Stone Cold's excitement. You heard a genuine excitement about wrestling that you don't hear a lot from people that work in wrestling. And he's not with AEW, but when he was telling Tony how much he loved the show, you could feel that it wasn't just lip service. So I just thought that was awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, Tony Khan, it was so great because he's such a huge wrestling fan. He's he's really adorable with it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, like listening to him listen to Stone Cold 
give such high praise for Double or Nothing and such high praise for, um, you know, Cody and Dustin and for the Young Bucks and for people that he doesn't really watch because he said, you know, he doesn't really keep up with a lot of wrestling these days, but he obviously knows who the Young Bucks are, but maybe he doesn't watch them a lot. So to hear him talk about that match and this other match and Jericho, and hear Tony listening to the praise of somebody that he personally greatly admires and has admired for so long was just a delight to hear. Yes, uh, like I said, it was just, it was the conversational aspect of it. It was Stone Cold kind of marking out to Tony, you know, about wrestling. And it's like, I could just imagine the moment. I mean, Stone Cold in the late 90s when I was in high school, he was a god. And me and Tony Khan are around the same age. He's a little younger than me. So even more so to hear someone like, you know, the product that you put on was amazing. It made me just, you know, it kind of sparked my interest in wrestling again. That is that, that I, I don't know how it would be. I mean, I don't think I would have been able to talk. And Tony has this cool, calm demeanor about him i mean he gets geeked out about wrestling but he still was able to stay calm with that i was like i was that was remarkable to me because i wouldn't have been able to stay calm no and you know honestly i hope that when he got off of that call that the first thing he did was just like grin and shake his hands and just kind of bounce around you, you know <laughs> the romantic comedy thing you know the romantic comedy thing when the girl and the guy kiss and then the door shuts and one of them like just runs in place or something that's kind of yeah. how i imagine him being yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so in the Stone Cold uh, podcast, there were a couple of really interesting things that came out. Um, one of them being the world title reveal. So he talked about how Bret Hart had always been in consideration for that. Now, I had seen a report that Ric Flair was initially um, the person that they were looking for to be the title reveal. And he does mentioned that in the conversation. He says that, you know, he and Cody were talking about how they were going to do the reveal and, you know, maybe they wanted to have a legend come out. Maybe it could be someone like Ric Flair or Ricky Steamboat. And then it was like, what about Bret Hart? So hearing that Bret Hart was in the conversation immediately was really cool. I also think it was absolutely perfect. And of course, we did talk about this in our Double or Nothing um, coverage and review, but it was so perfect to have a legend such as Bret Hart be the person to come out. So I loved that that was a conversation from the beginning. And I loved for Tony Khan that he got to have dinner with Bret before the show. And again, I totally imagine that he must have marked out afterwards. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I saw where Scorpio Scott completely marked out for Bret Hart. So I I don't shock it would not shock me if Tony did uh Brett uh coming out I think it was a bigger shocker like if Rick let's say Rick Flair was in perfect health and he came out and he was like okay well Rick Flair is Conrad's uh, is Conrad's father-in-law he's doing him a solid you know but when Brett Hart came out you're like just got into the Hall of Fame for the second time with the WWE got attacked at the Hall of Fame I mean he is synonymous with WWE right now. They 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 have mended their relationship and the fact that he showed up in the middle of the AEW ring with the belt was just a bigger moment exactly. than any, anything else could have been. 
Absolutely. I mean, that would be like if John Cena came out there yes. <laughs> for this generation and, you know, revealed the title. Like, that's a huge statement and a huge deal. So I loved hearing that that was something that was kind of involved from the get-go. Um, I also really loved listening to him talk about tag team wrestling. So, you know, we, obviously the Young Bucks are a tag team. And of course, All Elite Wrestling has talked about having a prominent focus on tag team wrestling. And this is already made apparent by the stacked tag division that they already have. But it's also something I think that's really needed in the wrestling world right now. I love New Japan, but they don't really have a big tag team division. And WWE kind of seems to just put people together in a tag team. And I, I don't really, they don't really have a solid tag team force. So it's really great having a plan, a solid direction, and a vision for tag team wrestling that they're really working with in AEW. One of the interesting things that Tony Khan said was that some of his favorite tag teams, of course, you know, the Young Bucks, he loves them, but was Cody Rhodes and Dustin. I yeah. thought that was really interesting. Yes, I thought that was interesting too. Uh, they were called the Brotherhood in WWE, and then they were Stardust and Goldust. Um, I was like, I was kind of taken aback because I was a fan of the Brotherhood. Uh, they were going against the Shield, who I was also a fan of at the time, but I was all about the Brotherhood and Dusty. And it was just like, it feels, it feels like that tag team kind of gets forgotten. But they were, you know, you have two really, really good match technicians, and they put on some very memorable matches with the Shield. And, you know, they were like, I believe they were the first team to beat the Shield. Like the first like tag team to beat the Shield for the titles, uh, if I believe correctly, I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, and it was such a big moment, you know. And they even saying even it said that John Moxley took Dream's last elbow, you know, when they were doing the uh, tag match. Uh, the last elbow Dusty uh, delivered was to uh, Dean Ambrose or John Moxley at the time. So it was like that was during their tag team run. So it was like. I I always get like, oh, I get stuff because people, you know, like forget that they were a tag team. It's like, oh, they wasted them in WWE, but his stuff with his brother, they put a lot of time in. They main evented some shows. There was effort put in into it. And it's not a lot of times that effort's put into tag team wrestling in WWE or anywhere, actually, anywhere now. It's not really pressed anywhere. And as w tag team wrestling is my favorite brand of wrestling, so I, I am really, I was really geeking out when he said, hey, that's, that's our plan. It's to make it as big as all the other wrestling. Man, the fact that Dean Ambrose was the last person to take Dusty's elbow and now John Moxley is in AEW where his son is spearheading this new promotion and his other son. And ah, that gives me chills. That is just incredible. There's so much history and depth just in the background, real life stories and connections between people in this company. And so I love that we have, you know, this match with Cody and Dustin against the Young Bucks that they have for Fight for the Fallen. I love that because not only do you have a team of brothers versus brothers, but you also have something that 
really shines a light on some of the best tag team wrestling throughout or tag teams throughout wrestling. And I think that's really cool. And that actually added another element in listening to this interview was when I heard Tony Khan talk about how much he loved watching Cody and Dustin as a team together, that this match wasn't just going to be, okay, here's a story match. This match was also going to be, okay, here's an epic tag team match that spans so many different styles, so many different years of wrestling that's going to be an absolute blast to watch in the ring. And I'm even more excited for this match now after hearing that interview than I was before where I was already just really excited about the story, you know, and seeing them in the ring, of course, but now I'm excited about the actual ring work in that match too. Yes, uh, and speaking of that match, I do want to give a good old shout out today because today I saw one of the best graphics I've ever seen. Uh, I was uh, I was scrolling through and there was this picture and it uh, this guy his name is Abdul Malik and it's at ninety seven Abdul A B D U L Malik M A L I K on Twitter. I actually retweeted the picture and have it's a poster and half the picture says has the picture of the young bucks at the top. We were always there for each other, and it's a whole bunch of pictures from them when they were young. And then on the other side, it has Cody with, you know, the blood in his hair, and it says, I don't need a friend, I need my older brother. And then it shows Dustin with his blood, and then it has, like, kind of a picture of, you know, Dustin, like, holding Cody's hand. Because, you know, they were so far apart. I'm like, it's one of the best pictures I've ever seen. One of the best graphics I've ever seen. It's so emotional. Like I said, I had to, I, when I saw it, I had to immediately retweet it. I made sure Tiffany saw it. It's just, it, it was a home run. It's like, I don't say that. I'm not like, oh, this is the perfect thing. But to me, as far as a tag team fan, and if you wanted to take one picture and pretty much tell the story of this tag team match, that was it. Oh man. I'm so glad that you did that shout out because I saw that picture too. And I will say that that person in their bio on Twitter says that they are a graphics designer for Chris Jericho. That person should be doing flyers for all elite wrestling because that poster was the most beautiful and emotionally pulling poster I've ever seen for a wrestling show. That was gorgeous it told so much of a story of brothers of fight and really of history between families just in a graphic image it was so beautiful i'm so glad that you mentioned that and you guys should absolutely check it out and go follow abdul because seriously the work that he's putting out that i've seen just on his profile is absolutely magnificent yeah i scrolled about for about 30 seconds and everything i saw i liked and this one seems to be you know kind of going viral for him so he did a really good job on this one and i like i don't like i said i just thought it i mean he just like i say he hit an emotional string with me in a picture which doesn't happen very often so i was like yeah yeah, I was like, I have to share this. I have to know, let him know how good it is. And I was like, I have to say something about this on the show. <laughs> <laughs> good call, because it is amazing. So um, speaking of tag teams and tag team wrestling, there were a couple of bits of enticing news that came out of this podcast episode with Tony Khan and Steve Austin. One of them being that they will have AEW tag titles 
that they will be decided in a televised tournament. Now, one of the things that's been really interesting coming out of AEW is the statement that wins and losses will matter. And we so far haven't really been sure as to how they're going to matter and how that's going to take effect. However, we do have people with history in places like New Japan, and New Japan currently is on the cusp of their prestigious G1 heavyweight tournament, and they just came off of their best of the Super Juniors tournament. I love the idea of a tag team tournament. Nothing says we are taking this division seriously, we're gonna make wins and losses matter, And we're going to put on a hell of a good show that's going to showcase the best that these incredible tag teams have to offer than by putting on a tournament for the tag team titles. That news was incredible. Yes. And I I truly think uh, that this is the best, I mean, like the best way to do it. Because as far as tag teams, of course, you get four people in the ring each time. That means there's going to be more time to tell stories. It's going to be more time to get rest uh, people emotionally involved. Uh, a lot of the things that they do on the road to Fighter Fest and BTE, they're going to be able to do on the TV show as as vignettes and get people emotionally involved. And of course, you got two hours of TV every week, and so and but they they definitely want to be considered a serious wrestling product. So it will honestly be a lot of time it will fill a lot of time on each show which is great as they get as they go through and decide what they want each tv show to be week to week oh for sure and they also talked about eventually having a women's tag team title now the thing that makes me really excited about that is that um i do think that it'll be interesting to see how they flesh out um their women's division in creating a tag team division. I don't know if they're going to bring tag teams in. They may start doing that with um, some of the Joshi women that they've brought over so far. I'm not sure how that's going to stack up just yet, but given the amount of significance that they've put through their tag team division, that they've put through the rest of their shows, I have no doubt that their women's tag team division, however it shapes up to look like, is also going to be awesome and serious. I don't think we're going to see a situation where we have, you know, somebody who is a great tag team getting tag team titles, then dropping them off and then not really doing anything with them. I, I feel like this is going to be something that they're going to take just as seriously as they do with the men's tag titles. And I think that's really awesome. And I'm excited to see how that looks as they build that division. Yes. And it, it like immediately as soon as they did that, I was like, of course, they're going to need more wrestlers. But again, with their Joshi con- Josie contacts, you're going to have a lot of people that they can bring in for one more. But m- what I was more thinking is that people that might not have signed with them because they're like, man, their women's division, you know, it's pretty deep right now. It's like, oh, well, they need a whole new tag team division. They're going to treat it right. So you can see probably more names. One name that came to mind was Rosemary. She's uh, she, uh, she, her and Allie are Demon Bunny. And I was like, oh, I don't know how long her contract's up with Impact or is she interested in leaving. But she was one of the first names to pop in my mind. I was like, maybe we get Demon Bunny as a tag team in Impact. That opens so many doors. Brandy, you know, Brandy's an amazing, uh, amazing chief brand officer, and she's part of putting the show together. But, you know, you know, when it comes to wrestling, sometimes a lot of people might not think she's great. But you put her with a veteran in a tag team, 
oh my God, you know, that adds a lot more to it. I was like, it just opens so many doors for so many different wrestlers on, uh, on their, uh, brand. And like I said, I think it's going to get, they're going to end up signing more people that you might not, you might not even think about right now because they're going to be able to, you know, they have a complete tag team division. Cause I'm like in a division, you should have one champion and at least three teams going after it. So you think about it, that's like eight people they need. And now they have a singles title there. That's amazing to think about. I'm very excited about the division. Oh man, me too. And I love the idea of demon bunny, especially because they had Rosemary and Allie at Starcast in Las Vegas together. And they've incorporated demon bunny into Allie's um, official AEW gear, her merch. So I think that's very enticing idea. I think that would be so exciting to see. I hope they do that. I didn't even occur to me until just now, as you said it. And now I'm like, okay, that has to happen. You guys make all the phone calls, make all the offers, make this happen. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, It's just like, I saw it and I was like, first thing I thought, Allie, Demon Bunny, let's, let's make that happen. Because especially, you know, they got fight for the fallen coming up and it's Brandy versus Allie and Brandy's going to have somebody having her back. Allie's going to need someone to have her back. They might use someone on the current roster. They might bring somebody in. I don't know, but it's got me excited. It's got my blood pumping. Like I said, I really love tag team wrestling. It's not like I'm just saying that I'm like my, you know, favorite teams in the world are like the revival and the Usos and the Lucha Bros. I am big tag team fan. So to see it actually be taken seriously on the women's side, because I know they're going to take it seriously. I know it's going to main event shows. I am just pumped up and looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be great. Now, you did mention that they will need to build up their division. And of course, we just talked about that. They absolutely will do. But one of the things that I like about this is that they also mentioned, Tony said, that they are going to be rotating their main event roster on their weekly touring TNT show. And I think that is such a brilliant idea because one of the things that is kind of a difficulty with really any large wrestling promotion is knowing that you've got a handful of top talent that you're going to see in the main event of picture every time, whether that's WWE or New Japan, there's always going to be about, you know, five or so people that you know are going to be in that picture at every show. So I love the idea that as they build their roster, that they're going to be rotating people around their roster so that you always have kind of a fresh look as to what you're watching and what each show is building up to. Maybe they'll be building up towards a singles championship one week. Maybe they'll be building up towards a tag team championship one week. Maybe they'll be building up towards their women's title one week. I love the idea of alternating so that you have fresh faces, you have fresh storylines, and you have fresh engagement from people watching it. I know I'm going to be really excited to see each week what the story is, what the matches are, what the buildup is, if they're rotating that out. And I, that, man, that excites me so much because their roster is big and that's what, you know, when you look at wrestling in in a whole a lot of wrestling ends up being the same matches every week when they're doing TV. 
and I've been saying this as long as I've been on podcasting, which is a few years, that if you rotate and feature different talent every week, it allows the other talent to rest. Like, you don't have to come to TV this week. You can have a week off because TV this week is focused on these people. And it would just be smart because when it comes to wrestling, downtime, getting, having your opportunity to heal, having your, some opportunity to be home and get your shit together is amazing. And I think you'll just get a better product when people show up. They will know that I don't have this unlimited amount of TV time. So when they do get on TV, they're going to do everything they can to just knock it out the park. Oh, man, you make such a good point with that. Yes, absolutely. Because when you're at home, not only do you get to heal up any injuries, but yeah, you get to be hungry for the next time you're there. You get to figure out what you're going to do to capitalize on that. You get to come up with ideas of your own for creative, for promos, for whatever. Um, And I, I think you're right. Like, Not only does that add a fresh take for us as fans, but it adds a fresh take for the wrestlers and the performers themselves. And I think that's a great idea. Plus, like you said, they're going to be able to have some time home with their families. And that's something that's been very important to all of them that they've been talking about since before AEW became a thing. I know that on episodes of Being the Elite, when they were touring in Japan, a lot of the times the focus was on how little they got to see their families, you know? And and when you've got little kids at home and then you see them once a month or maybe you're there for a day and then three weeks later you're there for another day and then, you know, two weeks later you've got two days, time passes so quickly and you see your kids just growing up. And you're gone. So being able to spend time with their family, spend time with their friends, go see their pets, you know, just be home and recharge. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I, man, I've been calling for it as far as, you know, me, you know, me and a lot of the wrestling community has been calling for it because you don't want to see your wrestlers get burnt out. We actually do care about them, you know, having a life. You know, but because honestly, when they do and they're happy, the product they put out is better. So it's kind of like this circle of we worry about you, you worry about us. That allows you to entertain us. That allows us to be entertained. And I think it just makes this wrestling community so much stronger. Absolutely. So to close out of Tony Khan and the Steve Austin podcast, we've got, you know, he thought Double or Nothing was absolutely perfect. It hit all the beats, all the marks. There was a really touching moment where he was talking about his relationship with his father, about how close he is with his dad and how he had called them, called him during the show and kind of loosened things up and I'm sure it was absolutely wonderful for all of them to celebrate this experience together. But now we're looking towards Fighter Fest, and we've got everything hitting the marks for the next show. We've got Road to Fighter Fest. We've got Being the Elite. We've got updates on All Elite Wrestling's Twitter. <laughs> we are in that push for next week's show. 
With that said, let's take a look at this week's Being the Elite. So what went down, Floyd? You're great at giving these recaps. Can you walk us through Being the Elite from this week? Yes, and I'm doing it a little bit different this week. I just want to hit on the major kind of news points from it because we do have our review, and you know we're going to talk about a while for it during the review. So um, uh, one of the things I thought was important is they did the opening scene. Matt is watching the Cody and Dustin video, and he sees it, and he says, I need my brother, and they hug, and Matt, like, rolls his eyes harder than I've ever seen anyone roll their eyes, like, oh my god, like, (laughs) so I I think that's building to something, Uh, it's kind of, I thought that was just kind of cool, because maybe it's going to lead to some dissension between the Bucks and Cody, which I think is important to have, because everybody knows the elite, and they just can't be happy-go-lucky all the time. Uh, found out Coca-Cola coffee is pretty good. They have it in Mexico. They do not have it here yet. I'm definitely going to try it if it gets to America. But, yeah, I don't know if this was a plug or not. It came off pluggish because yeah. literally there was no other reason for them to bring <laughs> it up. I mean, it didn't forward any type of story. It was just like, hey, I had this Coca-Cola coffee, and it was pretty good. So I just, I those are the kind of things I like on being the elite because it very much seemed like behind the scenes, hey, I like something, so I want everybody to know. Uh, we found out Chris for Daniels is, is torn on the Shima thing about whether they accept the match or not. And he got advice from the place that most people probably in the league get advice. He got it from his pug, this beautiful dog. And it looks like he it looks like he ended up accepting Shima's challenge and it'll be at Fighter Fest. And so I'm literally gonna talk about that soon. Uh then uh I really do like how he put over wins and losses matter, and then he put over the fact that they're starting from scratch. I really do like that that was like really part of his logic and thinking. Like I, like I said, I'll talk about it more later when I'm discussing the match, but I just thought that was really poignant that he pulled that up. Uh, the Lucha Bros beat the Young Bucks for the AAA titles. Uh, you know, that was, I imagine the match was amazing. I did not watch it. You watched it, right? I did. It was a fantastic match. It had all the marks of all of the excitement of them going back to Mexico and when the Lucha Bros beat them on their home turf and they get those titles back, man, the crowd went absolutely insane. It was a fantastic match. Yes. And then last but not least, a uh, big news from, they announced their partner, the Lucha Bros announced their partner for fighter fest. And it is none other than the Laredo kid have to take my L. Cause I thought it was going to be the amazing red. I don't know how, I didn't know how far he was uh, recovering from his injury and I just thought that would be like Amazing Red having a big moment of you know with AEW would have been great but believe me I seen the Laredo kid in at NWA 70 I actually went to make sure that's who I saw him and 70 uh, it was him and Barrett Brown and they put on a really really good match he's a really good high flyer I think I think it's gonna the fact that he's going to be in there with the Bucks and Omega and they're gonna be flying everywhere I think it's a name that people are going to be talking about after this show. So that was a big pickup. They picked up their amigo Laredo uh, kid. So that was, but for the most part, that was being the elite. Yeah, man, there's so much to look forward to. And I love how they use being the elite to kind of bring in these background 
bits of information for, you know, their next shows, for them being on the road, for just how life is going for these guys. I do have to agree. I totally think the Coca-Cola coffee was a plug. Um, <laughs> had to have been, which, okay, first, great sponsor pickup, by the yeah. way. Yes. I mean, that's awesome <laughs> and huge. So good on you guys. Second, when somebody says, hey, this Coca-Cola coffee is pretty good, huh? <laughs> He's like, I thought it was going to be disgusting. I was making that like, I'm like, dude, you you sold it in only the way the Young Bucks sold. Because I immediately went to Amazon to see if I could ship it. Oh, I, I, like, yeah. I immediately went to Amazon. So I'm like, if that wasn't a plug, Coca-Cola should definitely be in the Young Bucks business. They should, because clearly they've already got people looking for it. I don't know, man. I'm still skeptical. I'll have to wait to see if you end up getting some, and then you can tell me if it's good or not, and then I'll get some. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I will dip the toe in a while. I'll buy like a six-pack, half crystal tried, me tried, and you're like, okay, let me tell you what I actually think of it. Like I said, it sounds like disgusting to me it, it sounds it sounds horrible so i'm like the fact that he's like he drank it and i don't know if that was you know they opened it and drank it it looked like it was one shot so it wasn't like he spit it out and it's like well let's do another shot and they showed him drinking it uh drinking it and liking it he seemed to genuinely like it that first time yeah i was watching his face for like eye twitching yeah. or something to be like oh all right, this is gross. I will say I'm pretty close to Mexico, so maybe I can find it. If I can find it, I'll bring it with me to StarCast. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> have some. I like how Sam Atlas is like, I don't drink coffee. You sift it. Yep, this is horrible. He's <laughs> yep. like, I don't drink coffee. He's like, you just, some people are like that. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, so we've got Be the Elite looking to Fighter Fest, looking to fight for the Fallen, looking to build up these storylines in the background. And we've also got the Road to Fighter Fest. Now, I love that they are continuing the Road 2 series. The Road 2 series does such a great job of building excitement for matches, of introducing us to new wrestlers, to new talent who are new to us, and just building the hype of their events in these perfectly produced packages. So I love that. Um, one of the things that we got from this week's Road to the Fighter Fest was that the Women's World Championship will be veiled out or unveiled at All Out in Chicago. I'm really excited about this, especially because I love the women's division that they're building. I love the focus on serious wrestling. And I'm just really, really excited about women's wrestling taking off in all elite wrestling. I love the division that they have right now. I love the excitement around it. I can't wait to see this title. But also, they had someone come out to unveil their title for Double or Nothing. If Brandy specifically says that they're going to have this be unveiled in all out in Chicago, are they going to have somebody come out to unveil this title? I definitely believe so. It's going to be with me. It's going to be one of our questions on, uh, on, uh, our all things elite Twitter. It's going to be, who do you think it is? Some names that popped in my head were Medusa. I mean, uh, Lita, definitely popped up into my head uh those are people that don't necessarily work for the wwe right now 
And so uh, those were two names that just were like glaring for me. And I, I look forward to it. I want it to be this big unveil. And I just wanted to be treated as just as big as, just as big as the men's uh, unveil. I'm looking forward to what the belt's going to look like. And like I said, Ben Randy seems super excited. So that makes me excited. And they use Dave Milliken for the belts. And he's that effing genius when it comes to building belts. Yes. Oh my gosh. I looked through his profile to see, you know, just like his catalog of belts that he's designed and oh, they're gorgeous. So it's, I'm really excited to see what this belt looks like, who unveils it and who gets it. <laughs> Who's going to get to wear that belt first. That's Man. really exciting. Um, so then we also had Alex Jabaley uh, mentioning that he had trained to wrestle, but he tore his Achilles before the match at the CEO Gaming Fest last year. Now, I watched that match, and I do remember having this great story where he comes out on crutches, and I had no idea who he was. I had no idea who the rest of the people on the roster were. I was very new into back into wrestling um, outside of New Japan at that point. So to me, it was watching some guy beat up a guy on crutches. It told a great story. But I felt really bad for him that he couldn't wrestle. So I'm really, really excited to see him back in the ring this year for fighter fest. I think it's going to be something that he's really excited about. We get to see this match. This is something that he's been building up to for a long time. And I really think he's just going to give everything he's got to it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, what's crazy is that it's a year later and he's going to wrestle a torn Achilles is a major injury. He kind of no sold it. You know, he's kind of like, oh, I just kind of tore my Achilles. I didn't want them to <laughs> let me stop. Like, no, a, a, a torn Achilles just took Kevin Durant out of the NBA Finals, and they say he is out next year, completely out next year. He's not going to play for a full year. This is not a small injury. Like I said, the fact that he's a regular guy, you know, he's not a wrestler that does this every few months, and he healed up enough to work this uh, this match. Man, he's a tough person. I'm like, he, I mean, respect Alex Jabaley. Seriously, man, because everything I've heard about a torn Achilles is that like when it tears, it sounds like there's a huge pop, almost like a gunshot in your leg. And it's it it's completely debilitating. I mean, if you think if you feel your Achilles, your tendon, I mean, oh, that thing is huge. Yeah. So, oh, man, absolutely. Kevin, right I was going to say Kevin Durant had to get carried off the floor. So this is not a small injury. This is not, oh, I just kind of tore my Achilles. He's, he, he literally made it sound like he had a paper cut. I mean, <laughs> he's like, come on. He's like, no, you tore your fucking Achilles, dude. That hurts. <laughs> your leg just stopped working. <laughs> yes. Like, you can't walk. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, that's a bigger deal than you're letting that on there. It's a big deal. <laughs> Well, hey, man, good on Alex Jabaley for taking one for the team, for going, yes. really for taking one for himself yeah. and going out there and living his dream with this, you know, uh, yeah. no big deal, Achilles yeah. injury. I was going to say, he, he definitely has a, like, like a level of respect for me because that that's not a small, for a non, for an athlete, I get it, you know, you're going to have 
the best care. You're going to have, you know, people with millions of dollars into making sure you're healthy. But, I mean, he runs the CEO show. I don't know how wealthy he is, but, you know, he's getting treated like a regular guy. I mean, this is not like he's, you know, he's not getting the, you know, state of the art of healing. He might, he might, but it's just crazy to me. Like I said, you just kind of no soul to Achilles. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I had Achilles. All right. I just tore my Achilles. I'm like, no, I tore my Achilles. I would be telling that story every day. Like, dude, I tore my Achilles. Oh, Floyd, you're bringing that up again? Yes, yes, I am definitely bringing that up again. <laughs> I'm gonna take this for all that it's worth and yes. then some. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so we had also on the road to Fighter Fest, we had Shima. We had Christopher Daniels talking about Shima. Now, here's the really cool thing about Shima. Now, everybody was blown away by Shima and OWE at Double or Nothing. But the cool thing about Shima is Shima was Christopher Daniels' mentor. He was also the mentor for the Young Bucks. He was also the mentor for Pac and Ricochet. This dude is a legend in wrestling. He is a legend in the high-flying, high-impact, high-speed, thrilling action that we love to watch in some of our favorite wrestlers. So the fact that they're building up this relationship between Christopher Daniels and Shima as they continue to build up matches between them is something that I am absolutely here for. I just, I love this. And I hope that they keep talking about this because it is just awesome to see them talk about this relationship. And I hope it leads into some kind of friendly, maybe not so friendly rivalry between SCU and uh, the strong hearts, because it's just like they both work six man matches and then they both work as singles and then as tag teams. So you have Shima and CD, you know, fighting each other in the tag team division, maybe in the tag team tournament, we get SCU and Strongheart to some part. Or maybe later on down the line. We don't need everything right now, but I'm just saying a friendly rivalry between the groups would be awesome. Man, I hope so. We got two SCUs in AEW. Yes. You can't have two SCUs. <laughs> one of them is SCU. Yeah. The other one is SCU China. Yes. Dude, <laughs> you got to have a rivalry there. You can't just let that slide without addressing the situation that's happening here. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so then we've also got some great background on Private Party that were trained by Amazing Red. Now, Floyd, it seems like you've got quite an affinity for Amazing Red. Why don't you tell us a bit about Amazing Red, Private Party, and the really intriguing action that we have to look forward to with Private Party at Fighter Fest? So Amazing Red, if a lot of you don't know, uh, he was in Impact a long time ago, and he was... He was pretty much Impact's Rey Mysterio. But let me tell you, a lot of the moves that people are doing now, Amazing Red uh, kind of, I wouldn't say invented, but he made them really popular as far as uh, of regular use. One, especially being the Code Red. That is when they're kind of in a sunset flip position and it turns into a bomb. Uh, he's amazingly fast. And I'm, I'm going to use amazing a lot now, but it's not a really a pun intended. It's just at the time when I'm like in, in watching Impact, he's doing things I've never seen. It's him and AJ Styles were like 
my guys into getting the 2000 Impact Wrestling because they were both doing things I had never seen. So he trained Private Party. Private Party, are both are from New York. One's from Bed-Stuy. I think one said he was from the Bronx. And they talk about, you know, how they had to go through peer pressure and things to decide to wrestle and how their uh, bond started from the first day that they trained as they were both fans of Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, just a little side note, Jeff Hardy is kind of, I think, going to be like this generation's macho man, as in he's the guy, like, every, everybody's like, oh, who was your favorite when you are young? Macho man, he's the reason I do this. And you hear his name a lot more than anyone else's. I think Jeff Hardy might be one of those names for people starting to wrestle now. Because they've seen him and he was so different than everyone else at the time. But that was just a little shout out to Jeff Hardy. But uh, yeah, they showed the pictures of them training, getting ready. And they seemed very proud that they were trained by Amazing Red. And they don't feel like he gets, you know, the credit that he deserves. And they represent him. They want everything that they do. They uh, try to make sure everyone knows how good he was. Now, they did sneak a little screenshot here. And I don't know... I think everything AEW does is meticulous. There is a picture of Private Party with Sasha Banks pointing at them and then Amazing Red right in the middle. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't on accident. <laughs> they didn't just choose that picture. They didn't just choose that picture. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I imagine Amazing Red and Private Party have done, you know, moves together. Uh, you know, you know, pictures together that didn't include Sasha Banks. So I don't know if that's a little uh, crumb or any breadcrumb there, but it's amazing. You saw a little of their in-ring action, and you saw the bond that they had. I mean, they are really tight friends. They're like best friends that happen to wrestle together. They're very uh, it it just it kind of took you in. Like I I know they came out in the battle royal in Double or Nothing, and I don't think anyone actually got to, you know, see them. I think one even got attacked before he even got in the ring. So they didn't get to see what they had. So at uh, Fighter Fest, they're, uh, they're going to get to show what they had. I just thought this was really well done. Like, it took a team that a lot of people probably didn't care about, and I'm pretty sure it made some fans out of them. Yeah, everything that I've heard about people who already follow Private Party – they absolutely love them. They're fantastic in the ring. They're fun to watch. They've got a great story. They've got great chemistry with each other. And they're just, they're really a wholesome experience to watch in the ring. And so I'm really excited to see them at Fighter Fest, especially as I'm hearing you talk about Amazing Red. And, you know, when I think about Shima and him training and sort of mentoring all of these great people, hearing somebody speaks so highly about amazing red in such an exciting way. I mean, when you say he's like the Rey Mysterio of impact, that's a huge statement to make. So I'm really, really excited to watch them really get to show their stuff at fighter fest. I will also say that with the Sasha Banks photo, there've been an awful lot of breadcrumbs that have been thrown around <laughs> by Sasha Banks on Twitter um, and Instagram including sharing promotional material for AEW. So I know that she, I've heard she still has her contract for another couple of years, I think. I don't imagine she's going to get out of it. I've also heard inklings that maybe she's going to go to NXT UK or something. I don't know. But if we're looking at 
who might be unveiling the women's world championship at all out. I I'm just going to go on a random, you know, half court three point shot and just be like, maybe it's her Very I, long shot. I will say this. If you want to get fired, that is definitely <laughs> a way to do it. Uh, you that is better definitely... have a lot of money for the lawsuit that might come afterwards if it hasn't been worked out. Yeah, I don't know. I would say that. I mean, it's a way to do it. It's a way to get fired. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's less litigious ways to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it would be going all out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that would be it. I mean, you, you would you would get a moment. That I mean, that would be a moment. So, wow, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I will say this, she does that, I was like, there was truly no fucks given on any side, Tony yes. Khan's like, I got more money than the WWE, I got more backing than that, let's do this. Oh, and I will say yeah. that it is a ridiculous long shot, but if it happens, I called it here. Yes, I was like, say, I was like, hey. I mean that that's scorched earth right there. That is war. <laughs> okay, so it's unlikely. Oh, oh, dude, you know, I mean, seriously, I would, I don't know. I would geek out. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. My reaction to this, I'll be like, oh my god, it's on. Battle lines is drawn. I have been very much in the middle, as in, I want them both to succeed. If AEW does that. You have to pick a side. <laughs> there, there will be no playing in the middle. You will have to pick a side. <laughs> it's like no, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it would be pretty crazy, but it's it's probably very, 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 very unlikely, and it would probably be somebody else who's you know less of a napalm bomb on business relations. <laughs> you and you know what's funny because it's like. The WWE, Vince in an interview will be like, if you don't want to work here, you don't have to. That is such a lie. <laughs> that is such a lie. It's like, no, even if you don't want to work here, you have to work here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you could just stay home. That's cool. You can yeah. just sit at home for two years. Yeah. Rock they, on with your bad self. But yeah, I'm hoping uh, Sasha, you know, sits for a while, you know, yeah. and, and then she gets her time. Uh, like I said, I am not. Okay. I, I even pointed to this on Twitter. I'm not a big everybody come to AEW guy. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Very selective. Sasha's in that list. She's yeah. in that window the list of women that would only elevate the division. She has a very, uh, very passionate view of wrestling. I don't know how. Like I've heard she's difficult to work with at times, but it's just like, I mean, great people are difficult to work with, you know. What it is, what it is. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that away from her. I'm just like, I'm looking for great matches. I'm looking for great entertainment. Yeah. I think she would elevate the division. I agree, and you know, I've heard she she's, could be difficult to work with. I've also heard that she is amazing and supportive to work with. So it's hard to know, but you know, at some point in the future, awesome. If it's not now because of contract situation, totally fair. If it happens in the future, I am here for it, and I too. I'm absolutely not a let's bring everybody in from WWE or everybody in from New Japan or, you know, wherever. But like there are certain people that, you know, will elevate and who have incredible experience, who are veterans, who are great in the ring, who've got a sharp understanding of storytelling, camera work, ring work, everything. She is one of those full packages and would be an absolute asset and would be exciting. 
Yeah, um, um, her boss character in NXT is literally one of my favorite characters in wrestling history. I thought she played it well. I thought she, every interview she did, everything she did led into the boss character. She never really got to play it in the WWE on the main roster. So I would love to see that character. I mean, of course, it would have to have a different name, but I would love to see that character in AEW. Maybe she could go with legit VIP instead. Yes, yes, that will work. <laughs> uh, that will work. She wrestled as Mercedes, uh, Mercedes LV or something all online. I know that's. I think that's her real name. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, that'll make it work. I'm just like, yeah. hey, look at John Moxley. I, I don't even call him Dean Ambrose anymore. He Either. Is, he has such defined himself as his new name. I don't doubt that uh, Sasha Banks could do that also. Absolutely. And real quickly, it is fantastic to see what John Moxley is doing right now. And I agree with you 100%. Like, I wasn't huge into Dean Ambrose. Um, I loved the idea of him coming out and shaking things up on the indies, especially after that promo that he released that really told the story of what he wants to do. And then I learned more about his history. But him in just the last three weeks has been insane for carving a name for himself as John Moxley for just building this identity and buzz. Like it seems like ancient history. <laughs> yeah. He was Dean, Amb Am Dean Ambrose. Whereas John Moxley is a name that sends a message and that is awesome. Yeah. And he's done a great job of putting out his message that the person that he had to play in the WWE wasn't the place and person or the character that he wanted out there. And I think that was important because it laid the lines for what he is now. I am really, I mean, again, not a new Japan show, really looking forward to him in the G1. I am every matchup, like his block B, him versus Shingo, him versus Ishii. It's going to be so dope. I know. Like I, I said, know. I know it's not a new Japan podcast, but I watch a lot of wrestling, so you're going to occasionally hear about other things. Well, and hey, <laughs> we've got AEW people on a New Japan show. I think it's totally fair game. I was going to say, I feel like it's now my job to watch every John Moxley match. You know? Well, hey, there you go. Yeah. No. You can start covering the G1, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did not miss one match last year of the G1. I missed some of the prelims, but I did not miss one. And that was the first year I've ever done it. And Dude, it's a marathon. It is a it marathon. Is a marathon. <laughs> yes. No, yes. like I didn't miss any one of them either. And sometimes that meant we were watching two or three shows in a day. Yes. It is a marathon. It is All a right. marathon. So let's look to Fighter Fest. All right. So we've got, of course, the news out that you can watch for free if you're in the United States on VR Live's streaming service. You can watch worldwide on Fight TV and in Fight TV and ITV's box office for about 10 bucks, nine pounds, eight pounds, etc. Now, I know that there has been some internet backlash about how it's not free all around the world when people expected it. I will say that I totally feel you. We felt the same way <laughs> when the price came out for Double or Nothing. However, we were happy to still pay 50 bucks for the pay-per-view. Spending 10 bucks for the pay-per-view is a pretty good trade-off. You're going to get a great show for 10 bucks. And I like that it sort of flips the script a little bit where, you know, certain areas benefited last time. Now other areas are benefiting this time. 
just rock it out. It's 10 bucks. You're going to have an amazing time with the show. This is great. Absolutely. Um, you think about it. Uh, let's say you pay 10 bucks for that show, 10 bucks for the next show, and you paid, I think it was $19.99 for the other show. You still haven't paid 50 bucks. Yep. <laughs> so I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're all great. Man. I think we're I fine think there. We can shake our hands and call it even. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's you still haven't got to fifty yet. So it's like with a lot of people pay for one show, and it's going to be amazingly entertainment, uh, t- entertaining. I think it's genius to do both of these shows as free. I am literally, if you look at my Twitter, if you look at the Twitter. I've been saying, go sign up now. In America, if you got BR Live, go sign up now. You see what they do to the ticketing sites on the days. I mean, Sears, the Sears Center Arena was down for three hours after the sale ended. There was so much traffic. Don't be <laughs> that person. Don't be that. I was trying to watch it. I was trying to sign up that day. Don't be that guy. You know you have eight days. Well, it'll be seven from the time the show's recorded. You have seven days to sign up for free. No credit card required. Nothing. You don't have to put a payment in there. Just go sign up. And that way, next week, you'll be logged. You can log in and just press play. Yep. You'll be all set up and ready to go. And you will be able to watch Fighter Fest. Yes. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. If you wait till 630 next week to sign up for an account and you can't get in, I don't want to hear it. You that's know procrastination. That's <laughs> <Yes>. on you. <laughs> that's on you. Most people are on the internet all the time. Just download the app, sign in right now while you're doing nothing else. Yes, actually, you should do it right now. Yes, right Literally now while you're right listening now. here. While you're listening to us, go download the BR Live app. Be prepared. Don't be that. I'm not saying that the site can't handle it. I imagine that they can. But every every site that thinks they can handle what AEW uh, AEW brings is usually uh, is usually underestimating what AEW is. Dude, New Japan put out an announcement saying that people should start loading up the site about a half an hour before the show started so that they wouldn't get caught in the slump of server load. You should definitely sign up beforehand for AEW. And honestly, if if you could load up that stream or at least the site half hour before it starts, it's probably not a bad idea too. But you should do it right now. Go sign up, BR Live. That way you'll be all covered for Fighter Fest. And let's take a look at Fighter Fest. We've got a great card. So for all of those people who are out there looking to buy it for Fight TV or sign up on BR Live for it, here is what you're going to get at Fighter Fest. For the pre show, we've got Alex Jabaley versus Michael Naka Zawa. <laughs> yes, Michael Naka Zawa. He, I mean, single-handedly keeping baby oil in business, uh, Mr. Michael Nakazawa. It's, I didn't put it on here, but it is a hardcore match. Uh, yeah, I'm really, lo- I'm looking forward to, like, Alex Bailey sold me more on this match because he's like, I trained, I was ready, and I didn't get to show anything that I knew because um, I have basically a walking boot on, so... I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do because Michael Nakazawa has been wrestling forever. So if anybody, even if Jabali wasn't good, if anybody could carry someone through a match, it's going to be Michael Nakazawa. There's a reason Kenny Omega went out and hired him. 
It's like oh, he's really, he's really good. So you know, he's like he's a comedy wrestler, but you know, you have to have comedic timing. You have to know the business to be that uh, to be that. So I am really looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to it. it there's going to be some surprises. What Matt's going to have to do with it? Uh, who Michael is going to? You know, maybe Michael has someone having his back. I am like. I can, like I say, I can't say I'm really excited about this match. Oh, man. You just mentioned something really interesting. Okay. So, tinfoil hat time. All right. <laughs> Michael Nakazawa is Kenny, one of Kenny Omega's best friends, right? So, they have, they're super close, super tight, and he, you know, admires them a lot. They've been working together with CEO um, Gaming and Wrestling before. Really excited. So you just mentioned, I wonder if Matt's going to do something because they had been building up that story on being the elite with, you know, the sort of spirit of Michael Nakazawa, like stalking Matt. <laughs> so um, the elite, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are wrestling a match against the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. If Matt does do something to kind of, you know, antagonize Michael Nakazawa in this match, How's Kenny going to react? And is that going to throw off their game in their match? Man, we'll have to Dude, see. You oh, did, I know. You just threw like, yeah, that was under the curveball. I didn't even see. Could it throw off the main event? Oh, man, <laughs> something from the pre-show throwing off the main event. Oh, God. Continuity. I love it. Oh, that would be <laughs> crazy. It would be so cool. And if not, hey, we get a great match anyway. All right. Yeah. Next up, we've got a triple threat for a shot at a first round bye. In the AEW Tag Team Titles Tournament. What does that mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm confused with the term buy. Okay, so I've got that they're going to have a, a shot at the first round in the Tag Team Titles Tournament when they start doing that. Is that what this means? That the winner yeah. of this match will get that shot in the Tag just, Team Tournament? See, that's so weird. Because they specifically said it. A shot at a first round buy. So I'm guessing you're going to have to win this match and then win another match. And then you'll get the buy. What's I a buy? Buy like you know, like um, in the first round. Let's say there's eight teams. Uh, they'll move two teams to automatically to the second round, and then there's only like what three first round matches. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, they're, so they're, that's again where the sports feel is. Yes, and then it's okay. just like yes. So they, I think they're purposely not explaining. I guess we're gonna get. I think we'll get color on the actual Fighter Fest show. I'm hoping we do because it was like it was worded so weirdly. Even mm-hmm. me as a sport, like a diehard sports, both the type of sports fans, competitive and cooperative, I still didn't really know. What <laughs> there was they, a lot of confusion on Twitter about yeah, what this was for. <laughs> yes. So you get a so it was like oh so you get a first round bout? No, you get a shot. And a first round buy. All right. Well, thank you for explaining what the buy is. Because yeah. I'm sure now anybody listening, I watch wrestling. Yeah. I don't watch basketball. I don't watch football. Yeah. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch bowling or golf <laughs> or any other sport. I watch wrestling. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, to explain in a wrestling terms, WrestleMania 4, there was a big tournament to be the WWF champion since Hogan and Andre were the last two champions. They got a first round buy to automatically be in the second round. Got so, you. That makes totally perfect sense. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. <laughs> so 
for the shots at the first round by in the AEW Tag Team Titles Tournament, we have SCU versus the Best Friends versus Private Party. So this is going to be a triple threat match that is packed with action, packed with great spots, packed with great intensity, and everybody is going to be gunning for the prize on this one. So yeah, we getting Scorpio and Frankie. Uh, they'll that is my favorite two of the SCU group. Then you get the best friends. I love them, and you get to see Private Party. And the great thing about Private Party, they'll be working with four other veterans. So I don't like I said. I've only seen clips. I haven't watched the match of theirs because again, I've I've explained on this show. Sometimes I just want to take it in that original. They're new to me. So I love that aspect of it. It's going to be this group that I don't know and how they work with the other four should be amazing. But the other four are crafty vets. I think, man, I think I think Scorpio might be the least veteran. And I think he might be at like 10 years in wrestling. So there's a lot of experience in there. I think they're going to hit a home run as far as this triple threat match. I expect, I expect... SCU to win, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that's a good call to make for SCU. Um, I, 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 I have to agree with you. I would love to see the best friends win, but I think, I think SCU is going to get this one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I'd like, I, I, would, I mean, it's going to be a great match. I just think you're going to see people flying everywhere, legs and limbs, and it's going to be amazing. Oh, it's gonna be so fun! And drop kicks, all yes. the drop kicks, all the drop kicks. Yes. Yeah. All right. So next up, we've got Christopher Daniels versus Shima, and of course, we've already talked at length about the history between these two, but they are going to be incredible in the ring. I love watching Christopher Daniels in the ring. He is a veteran. He is a great ring general. He's got great ring awareness. He is really, to me, when I watch him, he feels like the leader of the ring. And he is just so fun to watch. So having somebody where I already feel like they are the ring general, they are the veteran of that ring, with the person who mentored them one-on-one is going to be insane. I cannot wait for this match. And I also get the feeling that it's going to be a lot of fun for them personally, just as people, the competition between two friends and people who have mentored each other, who have gone through so much history together. So when you have a situation where there's just a lot of fun between the people in the ring, you know, the chemistry is going to be off the hook. And that just means it's going to be a huge win for the fans watching an explosive, awesome match. I think this is my sleeper for match of the night. Uh, It is, I mean, I am, of course, looking forward to but I think this is the sleeper for match of the night. I have a feeling it's going to be the first match on the main show because the first two matches we talked about were the pre-show matches. But I think this is going to be the first match on the main show, and I just think it's going to get everything started. Uh, Christopher Daniels, like I saw him, I saw him put on an amazing match with Steven Amell. So what he does with Shima in this match, I just think is going to blow anything like that out of the water. Uh, like I said, I just, I just, I've seen Shima move. I've seen Christopher Daniel move. They are both like ageless wonders. And I'm looking forward to this. Who comes out on top on this? I think Shima. I, I think Shima. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and, and that's going to be great because Christopher Daniels, we already know, is amazing. And I think that in this situation, you've got Shima, who's bringing over Strong Hearts. He's bringing over Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. And he's building up this kind of new faction, new people, and really this new talent that is new to so many people in the American wrestling world. And I think that Shima going over here, I think that's going to be great for that. I, and I'm just excited to see it. I don't think really that there's a, <laughs> there's not really a loser in this match. <laughs> there's not really a loss as far as us fans watching it. I think that it makes sense for Shima to go over here. It's just going to be an awesome match. Yeah, and you got to do that job of, you know, they have their main eventers right now. I mean, they, they have their established main eventers, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, and Paige would be in that. But you need always to have that, you know, rotating uh, rotating group of people that can main event. I think Shima going over here puts him in that level with Kenny Omega and in that. And it's like hey, you got to look at him as a threat and that builds your main event roster up even better. Absolutely. Now, I'm really excited about the triple threat women's match, too, because we get Yuka Sakazaki, who I absolutely adored at Double or Nothing. And I think she really stole the hearts of so many people in the audience and around the world because there's been a lot of people talking about her since seeing her in Double or Nothing. We've got Riho. We've got Nyla Rose, all three women in this triple threat match. We've got two women from Japan. We've got a very strong, powerful woman who plays as, you know, the beast. She's the heel. She's the dominant force in the ring. We're going to have a lot of people who are probably going to be looking to take Nyla down here. Um, as for me, I would love to see Yuka Sakazaki pull this one. Um, I wonder what the stakes are for this match. If, you know, whoever wins this triple threat will be in, um, you know, the next match, hopefully in the women's title picture or gearing up to it. I'm not really sure, but I would love to see Yuka Sakazaki in that position. But I'm excited to see all three of them. I loved Nyla. I loved Riho. I loved Yuka. It's going to be a great, fun match all around. Yes, Yuka is one. She, I have her shirt. She's, I definitely want to order her shirt. She's on the short list of shirts I plan on ordering. She came out, the magical girl came out as one of my favorites out of uh, out of Double or Nothing. Not, Nyla Rose, I would like to see her built as the monster that she is in this match. I would like to see her not just win. I mean, of course, put on a great match, but I'd like her to kind of win convincingly because that's going to be her role as the monster. But because of the amazing, amazing surprise of Awesome Kong, I think she kind of stole her monster thunder there. So I think you really need this match to establish Nyla Rose in that role. So that's why I would say Nyla would go over. But all of these people are amazing. I, it's funny. I, I mentioned this last week that the thing that Brandy said about Rio is that she can take a beating. So I wonder how they're I wonder you know they don't say anything on accident I wonder how they're going to get that over in this match oh that's a very good point and you also made a really good point about Nyla as being that sort of monster that kind of got overshadowed by Awesome Kong and I absolutely agree with you there so if she did end up pulling the win on this by just storming over everyone and pummeling them into the ground that would be a great look for Dyla and solidifying her as that dominant force that the rest of the women are really going to have to overcome if they want to chase that title. 
Yes, and it, it would immediately put her in that eyes of maybe she's the first, you know, AEW Women's Champion. You know, you know her. I think she's the American Kaiju, and you're like, like I said, with that, with monsters, you have to get them over. You have to make people afraid of them. So, I think that would be important to establish in this match. Absolutely. Now we've also got a singles match with Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen, and they've done a wonderful job selling the story of of who Darby Allen is in their Road to series. And this is going to be a really, really great match. Now we were talking before we started recording about Darby Allen and his history, about how he, you know, was was into skateboarding and extreme sports, and how he's got this really tragic story about being involved in a tragic accident where his uncle was killed. I believe it was a drunk driving accident. Um, and that really set the tone for the rest of his life. Why don't, why don't you give us um, some story and some sort of background into Darby Allen as he faces Cody Rhodes in this match? Because I love the way that you put this match earlier in our discussion. Yeah, uh, what I was uh, saying earlier was <clears throat> this is more of Darby Allen is the damaged soul, the artist. He's telling his art through pain. And as he sees it, Cody had everything. He, he, Darby Allen had nothing. Kobe had everything. So Cody kind of represents, in this case, the establishment that he kind of was going against in the last show. So Darby's going to <laughs> use his distinct style of wrestling to uh, take on Cody. Cody, And it's funny because you've noticed that Cody really hasn't acknowledged him other than watching a few clips of his match. He hasn't really cut a promo on him or anything. So I'm imagining we're going to get that in the road to Fighter Four, Fighter Fest 4. But we haven't really got that when it comes to it. Now, um, Darby is, like I said, he's he, he says he wears the paint because he's half dead. And I, like I say, every one thing I know, I've learned from a different podcast I used to listen to. <coughs> and Darby is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's amazingly quick. He does a lot of the hardcore stuff, but he's technically sound. Uh, this match, it's funny because, you know, as a Cody fan, of course I want it to be a home run. I want all of the Cody matches to be a home run. <coughs> Excuse me. This Cody match is actually one that I kind of can say I'm a little worried about. I don't know how they're going to mesh. Uh, they may have worked together before. I, like I said, I haven't really done a lot of research, but... I don't know how they're going to mesh. I mean, Cody's a very old school, you know, you know, build a build a match style. And Darby is kind of fly by the seat of his pants. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they shape up in the ring together. One thing I'm really interested in seeing is how they sell this story because Cody is so good at flexing back and forth between being, you know, the hero of all in or the vicious, arrogant heel. And so I'm I'm really interested if he plays into that a little bit in this match, what kind of character work we get out of Cody Rhodes. Because that's always my favorite to see in Cody matches is what kind of character work he ends up bringing forth. And I think he's going to take the opportunity here to really play up that has everything kind of um, atmosphere to, to sort of complement um, Darby Allen's persona. 
Yeah, uh, like most of what Cody's talked about when it comes to this show is about the gaming aspect and how he doesn't game. And it's like he he really hasn't acknowledged Darby Allen. So I don't like it seems like that's on purpose. And if that's the case, that is building even more of a story how even Cody might even be overlooking him. He might think he's on a different level than Darby Allen. Right. So instead of having to sort of scratch and claw and fight tooth and nail to win the match, he's going to have to scratch and claw just to even be recognized as an opponent. That's great storytelling. I'm excited to see how they play that out. Do you have any predictions on who is going to go over in that match? Because I kind of think it'd be interesting to see if Darby does. Because I know Cody went over in the last one. Like, I would like to see Cody put Darby over. But I do think Cody is going to be like forever in that second tier of wrestlers. You know, you have the main event tier. And Cody's not going to be, I don't feel like he's going to be in the title picture. I think, you know, mostly, you know, to keep people from, you know, crying about it, he's going to be like, he's going to have big matches, but he's never going to be quite in that title picture. <clears throat> so if you're establishing that and establishing this hierarchy, you go with Cody. But I would like to see kind of, you know, Darby Allen go over here just because he's the guy that no one knows right now. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll be really interesting to see how this match plays out. I'm I'm really curious. And for that reason, I'm going to be all eyes. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be all eyes on all of the matches, but I'm really particularly interested in this match because there are so many unknowns for me personally that I'm just curious to see how it ends and what the story is that they tell. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I'm Like I said, Cody, Cody and Darby is, when they even they announced it, I was like, I kind of cocked my head. I'm like, okay, let's see what they do. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So we've also got a four way between Adam page versus Jimmy havoc versus jungle boy versus MJF. Now this match, I loved how they told the story of how it was booked on being the elite where he wanted MJF MJF stole his moment when Bret Hart brought him out for the unveiling of the championship belts. And he wanted to go at MJF. MJF insulted him. He took his moment. He's got beef with him. All right, cool. We're done. But there's miscommunication in the phone call. So when he's saying, you know, this is wreaking havoc, then Matt's like, okay. Or Nick is like, all right, cool. We're booking Jimmy Havoc. When he's like, it's like a jungle out there. Okay, cool. We're booking Jungle Boy. And I loved that sort of booking of this match. It's going to be really fun to see Jungle Boy get to wrestle. Yes, that is something that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm also really excited to see Jimmy Havoc wrestle. I hate MJF so much. And by that, I mean, I love to hate him so much. He's so good at being so bad. So this is going to just be fun to see like the characters, the wrestling, the new people and Jimmy Havoc for me and Jungle Boy for a lot of people and Adam Page and MJF. What yeah. are your thoughts for this one? I just hope MJF comes out first and they give him a mic and he just runs down all three of them for a while. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Jungle Boy, I've only seen like a few clips of him, so I'm really looking to see how he works. Jimmy Havoc, honestly, out of the four, this might shock you. I've seen Jimmy Havoc wrestle more than the other three combined. 
Because I was oh, really? a I was a big progress fan. Ah. So I've seen Jimmy Havoc work yeah, at least fifty to a hundred matches. So I I love him and I love how he works. I love how he tells his story. Uh Adam Page, of course he's the star. I mean, he, they are really building him on a different level than the other three. So I don't know. I, I, I think about whether they're just going to uh, just go ahead and get him to win and establish him as truly hot, dominant guy getting ready for Chris Jericho. That makes sense. That is, you know, that is wrestling storytelling. You know, he gets the big win that leads him into it. He won the battle role. He won the fatal, you know, the four way. He's hot. He's going into Jericho at all out. But to see someone like MGF, the swarmy heel, uh, you know, maybe he'll pull the tights, maybe take a different turn and like pin Jungle Boy or something like that to get the win. Therefore, giving him, since wins and losses matter, it kind of gives him a stake to Adam Page's spot. Maybe it builds an MJF Adam Page match at Fight for the Fallen. Oh my God, please, 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 please do that because that's exactly what I was hoping for. Okay. Yes, wrestling booking. It would make sense to build up Adam Page, who is fantastic. I've watched him a lot in New Japan. The G1 last year, he came out as a breakout star. He has done so well. He's so fun to watch. He's great. Um, It would, of course, make sense to have him come out strong because he is going to be facing Jericho for the world championship. But, oh, my God, how much fun would it be to have a rivalry between Adam Page and the salty, swarmy, MJF. I mean, that would be so fun. It would be so fun to have MJF try to get in between the spot with him and Jericho. It would be so fun to, if Adam Page wins against Jericho and becomes the champion, to be like, okay, yeah, but (laughs) I beat these other guys and you couldn't even beat me, so really I deserve that title, and then they have a feud. I want to see that so bad. I hope MJF wins this one for that reason. Yes, and and another thing I thought... They've made such a big deal about Chris Jericho not being at the show. Oh, he's got to be at the show. Oh, yeah, you're right. The more of a big deal that they make about him not being at the show, the more I think he's going to be at the show. Yeah, well, I mean, AEW so far, they've had two shows. I mean, they've had their first show, obviously. But they've also had All In, which was a precursor. And both shows, they've had surprises. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we were surprised yes. <laughs> by Chris Jericho coming yes. out. Yes, yes. I was like, I like I said, I'm not spoiling anything. Just spitballing here, and just like, oh man, that would be really cool if he, that happened. So yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So <laughs> the next match, I've already forewarned you that I will be watching this match through my fingers. I will be closing my eyes. And watching it peeking through because <laughs> this match is John Moxley versus Joey Janela. This match is going to be insane. And if we're talking about color on a card, there's going to be some color in this match. I'm pretty sure of it. You've got people who like tables, chairs, uh, barbed wire. <laughs> barrels, basically anything they can get their hands on. You're going to have the crew who's building the ring just kind of, you know, storing their hammers and everything willy-nilly underneath the ring, and they will all be used in the match, I'm sure. 
this is going to be a crazy match. They yeah. are both hardcore wrestlers. They are both deathmatch wrestlers. This is going to be insane. Oh, uh, I can't quantify how excitingly scared of this match I am. And that's probably the best term to use. I'm yes. excitingly scared. I'm scared for Joey Janela's life because I know what he's willing to do to entertain. I am scared uh, for John Moxley because he's going to basically have to run this dude over with a tank to pin him. I saw what Hangman had to do to pin him at All In. This is going to be amazing. I don't I mean, it's going to be so fun. Like, I know Moxley's going to win, but I have, that doesn't matter. I am so looking forward to journey to how we get there. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I just want to say to these dudes that are going to be fighting this match, we are going to be totally in awe of what you do. We are going to be totally thrilled by what you do. And we are going to be very, very appreciative of the way that you put your bodies on the line to make sure that we are thrilled by what you're doing and really that you are thrilled by what you're doing. All of that said, please don't die. <laughs> please don't die. I'm like, good <laughs> Lord. I, like I said, it was like, I remember watching all in through my fingers because good Lord. I, I was like, he did the uh, move. Um, he did. What are they calling it now? Adam pages move. I don't know. Well, his reverse pile driver. He did that through all those uh, all those t chairs, I believe it was. And I was just like, oh my God, Joey Janela is trying to die. I don't want him to die. Please don't die. So I feel <laughs> like, don't. Yeah, I was like, it feels like it's going to be a very similar feeling. And I'm looking forward to it. I am here for it. I, and just as you can see where I placed it, I pretty much think this is the singles main event of the night. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be nuts. And it's going to be crazy to talk about afterwards, too. All right, we've got one more match to talk about, which will be the Elite, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Now, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for this match. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I cannot wait for this match. I've missed Kenny Omega so much since he left New Japan. And I know that we saw him at Double or Nothing, but this is a different style of Kenny Omega than the style of Kenny Omega that we see with someone like Chris Jericho. This is the ringmaster. This is the athletic technician. This is the high endurance, spastically crazy, balls to the wall, Kenny Omega style of match that I am so here for. I have missed this so much. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have, of course, a very long friendship. They have great chemistry in the ring together. They're great at building matches, creating spots, finding funny moments, intense moments, high-flying moments. It's going to be an absolute blast. Then you compare, you just take just that, and then you pit that against something like the Lucha Brothers, this is going to be insane. We're going to be losing our minds in this match. Now, I'm not as familiar with Laredo Kid, and I know that you'll get to that shortly. But 
if we've got somebody like the Lucha Brothers and they've got somebody like Laredo Kid teaming up with them, clearly they're also going to have great chemistry. Clearly they're also going to have great ring work. This match is going to be an explosion of some of the best tag team wrestling and some of the best high-flying wrestling and just some of the best wrestling that we will get to see. This is going to be an insane match, and I cannot wait to watch it. I could not agree more. I, I, I have said it. I know a lot of people saw Kenny Omega for the first time in Double or Nothing. Uh, that is a version of Kenny Omega, and it is a very talented version of Kenny Omega. But that's not 100% Kenny Omega. What you're going to get in this match is 100% Kenny Omega. You're going to get 112 V-Triggers. You're going to get the Reverse Ranas. You're going to get everything that you're used to in the smorgasbord that is known as Kenny Omega. Then you got the continued rivalry of the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Then... You have this new element, the one that a lot of people aren't aware of, is the Laredo Kid. Now, Laredo Kid is an amazing luchador. Uh, pretty much everything you see, he can do. He, uh, I believe, he was the junior champion in AAA. He's he's had amazing matches with uh, Sammy Guevara. Like I said, he had a match with Barry Brown uh, on the NWA seventy show. I uh, I saw they weren't. I'm just going to say, you know, this is like, you might not believe in anything, but believe in Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks would not let a six guy in this ring that they didn't think could hang. That simple. It's just, he's amazing. Kenny Omega is amazing. They are going to absolutely be a sprint. If you saw the all-in main event, it's going to be very, very similar to that, but I think a little longer. Because, you know, they'll have time. They'll they'll uh, have that time thing down now. I am looking forward to everything they bring. And I just think you're going to see some stuff in a six-man way that you haven't seen before. And I'm hoping this match ends with a move I've missed so much. The one-wing angel. Oh, that'd be so great. So great. And I will say, you know, this is a great compliment to the match that we were just talking about with Moxley and Janela. As much as those dudes bring the death match and bring the hardcore, these dudes collectively bring the high energy. They bring the high flying moves. Kenny Omega is a master of endurance. He hangs for a long time with high energy matches. This is going to be so fun for them. And for us, this I'm looking at as a match of the night for me. I know that Christopher Daniels and Shima is going to be incredible, and I can't wait to see that match. But this match is the one that has me chomping at the bits at the edge of my seat already, and I can't wait to see it. Yes, uh, and I guess it's just going to be a great match. I, I do, I really do. I think it's going to be a showcase of what all of six of these people can do. I think, like I said, it's going to be a great introduction to people that are not familiar to what Kenny Omega's style is normally. And this dude is amazing. I mean, I had never seen Kenny Omega wrestle when I first watched him wrestle. I'd seen clips from the G1 that he won. But in the match against Okada, that was my first match seeing him wrestle. I will tell you, if you're experiencing seeing him in his full form for the first time, it is different than anything you've ever seen ever. 
He is the best wrestler in the world. And this is coming from a Cody fan that doesn't like to admit anybody's better than anything than Cody. So, but yeah, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. It's not even close. The only reason that anyone talks about anything else is because Kenny Omega hasn't been wrestling. When he <laughs> wrestles, he's the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> There's a reason why he has a nickname called the best bout machine. He yeah. has had some incredible matches just in the last year. Five star matches. The first seven star match and only seven star match in history. They broke the star rating because the match was so good with Okada at Dominion last year. He is high intensity, high impact, high energy, crazy chaos, masterful ring technician. He has an eye for pulling moments out of silence. He is just phenomenal. So this is going to be an incredible match. And honestly, the, the way that we've talked about this card, going back to the beginning of it, you guys, please go sign up, go register for BR Live. Anybody who's sitting there like, oh man, I got to pay 10 bucks. You got to pay 10 bucks for this. This is amazing. This is like going to Starbucks to get some coffee. Like this is incredible. So, oh my God, please do it. Please Get yourself ready to be completely blown away by Fighter Fest. And that's not even mentioning the Fighter Fest videos that they've put together with the models and the swimming and the music and all of the silly campiness that goes with the parody of Fire Fest. Just in the wrestling card, it is going to be a hell of a show. You won't regret dropping $10 to watch it. It's going to be amazing. Go sign up for it now. Go sign up and register for VR Live so that you don't miss out. Have that stuff ready to be queued up. And join the party on Twitter because we are going to be having a blast live tweeting the show and sharing it all with you. Yes, and you've made it this far through the show. We're about an hour and a half in, and you haven't signed up yet. I am disappointed in you. So <laughs> I, I need you. I shame. I ain't shame. Shame. <laughs> Go sign up right now. And like I said, it's a free account. Like, if I was telling you to go buy something, okay, I'm pushy. No, I am only being pushy to help you. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> you don't miss this show. It's gonna be an amazing show. I have heard many people say that they like this. They're like, man, you know, card for card, I might like this better than double or nothing. And it's just it's true, and you get it for free in America, in the US. I want to make that clear because I'm not promising anybody outside the country anything. This is free here. $9.99 there. It's $9.99. It is what it is. You know, deal with it. I'm looking or forward to it. Or it's $8.99. Or $8.99. I was going to say, it's still 10 bucks. Enjoy yeah. the show. Get on live tweet. Hashtag. Tag all things elite Twitter in it. Uh, special note, next week's episode will be coming after Fighter Fest. That's why we're doing the preview this week. We're going to literally, the show's going to go off. Amy's going to make sure her kids are in bed or whatever they got to be. <laughs> and we're going to talk, and we're going to talk this excitingly about a match we just saw. I imagine you're going to have to turn the volume down on that show. I'm Probably. just telling you. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to throw my headphones on. I'm going to have my mic on. I guess I could turn it down a little bit for you guys. But dude, we are going to be hyped as hell. We're going to be covering this right after the yes. show is over. So the, if the lights if, go down, our mic goes on. Yeah, if not, if not the first, 
we will be one of the first review, uh, one of the first reviews of the show. We want everybody to listen. We're trying to do our best to give you the most up to date product as we can. I am like, like seriously, I am like right now. I don't like. I would generally be trying to go to bed. I don't know if I am because I'm like really excited, not only about the show, but talking to you about the show right after. Because many, many years, I was telling you. I, I'll be with my friends and we'll watch wrestling and then we'll break down the show. We'll talk about moves. We'll talk about everything we remember because it's all fresh in our head. But I've literally never done it recorded. So that's going to add a whole nother level of excitement to it. Oh, it's going to be so great. And we'll be able to fill each other in on the gaps between the Moxley and the Janela match where we were picking between our <laughs> Yes, <fingers>. yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm going to have some... Uh, you know, my fiance, she's going to be able to watch the uh, watch it. And I'm like going to be able, she's going to be here and ask her what she thinks. And you're going to get a non-wrestling fan's opinion on it a little bit. It's just going to be a great time. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. I, I, as much as I have any episode we've ever recorded. Because it's just like I said, it's something I've literally never done. So I'm looking forward to that. It's absolutely going to be great. I can't wait to do it. I'm so hyped for Fighter Fest. We're going to have a great time watching the show. We're going to have a great time recapping the show. And like you said, all of that hyped energy that we've had build up as we've gone through this card is just going to be released tenfold after watching it. So you guys make sure to check in with us right after the show. Check in with All Things Elite Pod. Make sure that you're hanging out with everybody when we're watching the show on Fighter Fest, where we're live tweeting on Twitter. Just join the party. It's going to be an absolute blast. All right. Well, I think that's it for us. When are you, do you have anything else? Did I miss anything? I think no, we, I think we're good, we, man. We've we, got we, everything. Well, he hit everything. So uh, let me remind you one more time. Be our live. The show is June 29th. No excuses. Uh, start, I think it starts at 6.30, but make sure you download it now. Get ready. I mean, AEW, I, mean, I know Cody's known as the throne breaker, but AEW is the server breaker. That's what they do. They break servers. <laughs> they, they, they flood them with so many people in requests that they break them. Do not be a victim when you can avoid it by just downloading it now. Uh, for Amy, uh, it, it's so effervescent, so energetic. Like I said, the only person that I believe in this world that matches my energy, and I love it. I thank you for being on the show whenever you can because it is my pleasure. We're, you're going to get two weeks of Amy in a row. That's amazing. Two it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. But for Amy, it is Floyd reminding you, whether it's home, school, or work, Always do your best to be elite.
you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 